Welcome to Forte Catholic with your host, Taylor Schroll. We're recording live, but to take today, we're sitting in the studio on a Monday evening because tomorrow, Tuesday, when the show will air, I will be coaching my first basketball game, not only of the season, but ever. So I'm a, I'm a coach at St. Joseph's Catholic School. Shout out to you guys, um, the good purple and gold hanging out over there. So we have our basketball game tomorrow. So I am recording um, a day early, and it's actually really neat because what I want to talk to to you guys about today is healing. Our nation is in need of healing right now. Last week, we talked about the election. We saw the election, and uh, we, we can all, you know, I, I said last week, like, no matter um, what happens, there are people on, on, um, on either side that were going to be upset. And as you've seen this week, if you've been following the news, or even if you haven't been, you've heard, like, people are, people are upset and, and, like, doing things, like, not Christian, not loving, not to one another. And um, we're just a, a nation in need of healing, Um Today, so uh, it's it's interesting because uh, how God's providence works. Because I was preparing all this stuff for healing, and I just thought something was missing, so I went and I went and looked at the the mass readings for today. And like I said, this is a day early from the show; it's on Monday. And today's mass reading, after I decided to talk about healing, today's mass reading is about healing. So we're actually going to start there today um, with our segment called Mass Text. So what this is, is God um, has sent out a Mass Text to all of us, to all of his people, and that Mass Text is called the Bible. So what this segment is, we look at the scripture of the day and just kind of break it down, say what it's talking about, what it means to us, and uh, we're going to use this segment today to set up the rest of our day. So the gospel reading for today on Monday, November 14th, is from Luke chapter 18, 35 through 43. So if you're sitting at your house, grab your Bible or grab your phone and Google this to follow along. If you're driving in your car and you're in College Station, you can no longer look at your Bible while driving on the phone. It is now illegal to be on your phone in College Station. So it's just good advice generally to, you know, um, if you like reading your Bible is a good way to help you uh, gain the knowledge and the, and the support that you need to get to heaven. But um, if you're doing it while driving, you'll probably get there a little sooner than you planned. So I've now given all of you not driving enough time to find Luke chapter 18. So it says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging and hearing a crowd go by, he inquired what was happening. They told him Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. There you go. We'll try that again. Is passing by. He shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. The people walking in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be quiet. But he kept calling out all the more, son of David, have pity on me. Then Jesus stopped and ordered that he be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And the man replied, Lord, please let me see. Jesus told him, have sight. Your faith has saved you. He immediately received his sight and followed him, giving glory to God. When they saw this, all the people gave praise to God. And that is today's gospel. I read that today, and I was like, man, this is perfect. I had no idea that was the gospel reading for today when I was planning for the show. And the reason that I think it sets up our show perfectly is the main thing that this blind man knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted to be healed. And he knew exactly what to do to be healed. To say that he wanted to be healed and to trust in Jesus that he would do it. All of us, you, me, my producer Jake, who's here, all the people walking around, driving around this building right now, everyone is in need of healing. Whether physical, spiritual, mental, like we all have something that we need healing for. And I think a lot of times, especially in like our our American, like self-sufficient culture, we don't want to admit our weaknesses. We don't want to admit the things that we need help in. But if the scriptures say, like if we're just talking spiritually, the scriptures say that if we say that we don't need help, that we don't need God, then we're making God a liar and we're lying ourselves. We need help. We need God. Um, and, and we need to have this boldness that this man did to say, Jesus, 
have pity on me, help me. And then Jesus says, what do you want for me to do? What do you want me to do for you? And he simply says, Lord, please let me see. And what's really interesting, a lot of these healing stories, we're going to go through a few more um, as, as the evening goes on. But a lot of these healing stories, Jesus either talks about the physical and, heal, and heals the spiritual and the physical, or he talks about the spiritual and he heals the physical too. He shows how these two things are um, linked together. So this man, all he wanted was, Lord, please let me see. And Jesus says, have sight, your faith has saved you. So because this man had faith in Jesus, that Jesus could heal him, he immediately received his sight. But what's interesting is, like, what happened next? The man immediately followed Jesus and gave glory to God. And all the people around them gave praise to God, too. So these great healings, these great miracles are, you know, pr- you know proof, proof for the people that saw them that Jesus was, was God, that he was some great prophet, whatever they thought at the moment. But what's really interesting is like all the man asked for was, Lord, please let me see. And Jesus healed him physically, but he also helped that man see who Jesus really was. And he followed him and became a disciple, became an apostle, became a follower of Jesus. So that's mass text. That is the text from mass today, straight from heaven, through the church, to to this radio station, to you. So it's great to have you in today. I'm uh, in the Red Sea Radio studio um, recording this um, session today, this show today about healing. Like we've all been hurt before. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for the show and I was thinking, okay, what are some of the worst times I've been hurt? I know I've had a couple of surgeries. Those were, those were painful, but I was like thinking like, what's the most pain I've ever been in? And I I thought about the first one. I was like, well, I don't want to talk about that one on the air. That was very painful. Um, So let's talk about the second one. So I was, I was, uh, I ran track in high school. I ran track my um, my, my freshman year or my, uh, my sophomore year and then my junior year and then again, my senior year. And what was uh, interesting is like the group of like, so when we were sophomores, we were our three relay teams on the track team and, uh, our school had not made district in like the 30 year history that had never sent a relay team like out of the district into the regional track meet. They had never qualified in over 30 something years. So our sophomore year, we did it. We, we got to region. We were the first one to do it. Then the next year, we sent two to, two to region. And then the third year, we qualified, and we were um, about to send all three of our teams to region. So we were, the, we were the, a week out, and uh, we had two guys on our team, me and another guy. We were the two fastest guys on the team. And I'm uh, here's another humble brag for you guys. Somebody called me out on my humble brag talking about basketball last year, but yeah, it's uh, that's why I love track. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> you're either faster than somebody or you're not. So anyway, but that's beside the point. So I was six days away from the district track meet, where we were almost positive we were going to make it to region. We had an outside out, outside shot of making state. Try saying that eight times fast. That's a hard sentence. So six days before, we're at this last practice meet, and I, uh, I get on the track. Well, I'm about to run a 200 meters. I get down in the blocks, and you know they say, ready, set, and then the gun goes off. And I hear the gun go off, so you know, I, I, with all my training, I boom, I get out of the blocks. I'm running as fast as I can. And then I hear what sounds like another gun going off. And then I'm crumbling to the ground. <laughs> My hamstring had snapped, just completely blown. It's my senior year in high school. Boom. Literally sounded like somebody shot me. It scared the guy. <laughs> my teammate was in the lane next to me, and it scared him to where he looked back, and he was trying to figure out what happened. Completely blew my left hamstring to the point I was running you know, five steps in as fast as I possibly could, just hit the deck. I, c- I couldn't walk. I'm a big guy. These these other little track people had to like carry me off off the track into the bus. 
It was devastating, not only physically, but like mentally. I realized almost immediately my entire high school sports career is over. Tracks in the spring of my senior year, I knew I was done. So it it was a rough couple of weeks because here's the deal. The district meet happened. And I knew I couldn't, I could barely walk, so I knew I couldn't run in that. So I watched my team. I'm out there supporting my team. They make it to region. But at that meet, the other, the other guy who was the other fastest guy on the team, he blew his hamstring at that meet. So we're, you know, we make it, we make it to region. Um, there was like this little bit of hope that I, that I could run. I was doing all this work to try to get, to get healed, to be ready for this regional meet. I was uh, resting. I was stretching, going to the to our physical therapy, being patient, like trying to do everything that I possibly could to get healed. And uh, we get to the regional meet, which ended up being about a month later. And I really needed about two or three weeks to heal. And I get there. I start warming up. I, at this point, I can kind of jog. And what my coaches told me was that if I, you know, if I could uh, get out there, if I could run as fast as I can, if I could run like a hundred yards on the football field, then they let me run at the regional track meet. And so I get out onto the field and I do all my warm ups. I'm able to jog. And then, you know, three, four steps in, I start pulling up again. And I know like at that moment, like it really is done. I'm actually done. My high school career is over. Um, it was tough. It was tough. Not only physically, you know, like even today there's still, um, like I'll be working out or I'll be running. If I don't stretch right, I can still feel like something tugging in my left hamstring from when it blew up. And uh, what's interesting about that is like, look, I, I was physically hurt, but mentally it was a huge shot too. So something that was physical hurt me mentally. I, like I, I had uh, put so much into sports my entire career and like in a blink of an eye, at least for high school, it was over. I knew I was going to run in college, but um, the thing with that too is like I, I finally, you know, I finally healed up. Got to college and I I worked I worked as hard as I possibly could uh, and I just I could never get any faster like I just kept hitting a wall because of what happened to my hamstring, which is interesting because like we know that when we get hurt whether it's physically spiritually something hurts us emotionally mentally like we can heal, but a lot of times there's there's like there are things that are still there's that scar tissue there, there's scar tissue in my hamstring that will that will always be there. And I'll always feel I can still run. I can still do a lot of the fun things that I want to do. But there's all I'm always I'm reminded fairly frequently about that blown hamstring. And what's interesting is I continued um, to to try to try to work hard to try to heal it, and there was still all this um, these things holding me back. And then as I look back on it, I'm like, man, a lot of times this is how we are with our our spiritual things or our emotional things or our, our, uh, our mental things. It's like we have these things that hurt, that, that hurt us. We get hurt, and then we don't want to deal with them. We don't want to um, – we want to just kind of pretend like they never happened. Somebody really hurt us back in the day or we did something that we know really hurt somebody and we don't want to forgive ourselves, so we just don't want to think about it. But what we need to do is the same thing to get well as we would physically. Just like whenever my, my hamstring was hurt, I tried to you know rest and stretch and go to, go to the physical therapy, be patient. Um, we need the same thing spiritually and emotionally. We need time to heal. Just like my hamstring wasn't going to heal itself in a minute, sometimes things happen and we need time to heal. Okay, what about stretching? It's really hard to stretch your emotions, right? But we need, we need to, uh, quote unquote, like stretch ourselves to like be able to look at those situations to pray with them, to see like um, what God wants to do through that situation. Sometimes we need we need therapy, right? There are mental things. Like I know a lot of good people in my life that have needed to go to some counseling to get some help through some of these things where they have quote unquote scar tissue in their life from their past, from things that they did that um, that they're upset about or that they know harmed them or things that other people did to them that were hurt. Needing to deal with that scar tissue. And we need patience. We need to wait on the Lord. We know that, that God like wants to give us healing. Just like the man in the story in mass text. Like, what do you want? God is asking us all the time, do you want to be healed? And I think a lot of times we don't ask big enough. 
It's like that man could have like could have answered Jesus when Jesus said, "What do you want for me to do?" He could have answered, "You know, I want you to." You know, he was a beggar. I want you to give me a few dollars. And I feel a lot of times in prayer, that's 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 what we're asking. We're asking God for something small. It might not be a few dollars. It might be, God, help me on my test today. Instead of asking for that big thing, like, God, heal me of that big wound in my life from my childhood or from two years ago or that big mistake that I did five years ago that I can't forgive myself for. God is asking us, what do you want me to do for you? And our reply should be just like this man's, Lord, heal me. And then to have the faith that these big asks that we ask of God have the faith that he can do it. Because there's story after story after story of God continuing to heal his people. And then we're going to get to some of those in our third segment. Uh, we're about to go to, um, in about a minute or so. Uh, we're going to go to break when we come back. We're going to have uh, Dr. Seth, Seth Sullivan on the show. I keep doing all these sentences with a bunch of S's in them, and I'm tripping over, tripping over myself. So Dr. Seth Sullivan is here. He's an infectious disease doctor here in town. Um, he's going to be talking to us about healing, about uh, what he does as a doctor, about what people do when they are sick. But um, before we before we go to the break, I just want to um, thank you guys for listening. It's been a cool month. Um, it's, it's been cool to, to see um, a lot of comments that people have been giving me. I'm um, listening to the show live. We're almost at, I'm almost at a thousand listens on the podcast on, on SoundCloud and on iTunes. So if you're listening to the show for the first time, you haven't heard some of the old episodes, know that you can listen to, the, to this show at any time in your car, on your headphones, when you're, when you're working out, doing whatever. Um, I'm sure that's what you want to hear whenever you're working out, when you're sweating, you want to hear my voice. So um, check that out on SoundCloud, on on iTunes. If you want any of that information, you can go to fortecatholic.com slash radio. That's F-O-R-T-E catholic.com slash radio. And yeah, during this, this season of Thanksgiving, and I just want to thank you guys for all the support I've been given. If you can do me a big th- favor that I would be very thankful for, if you've liked the show, if you could um, go to Facebook, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Twitter, if you could rate it, on iTunes, like it on SoundCloud. All of those things help with the publicity of the show to help reach more people. I would be very thankful for that. So we'll be right back with Dr. Seth Sullivan. All right, we're back. And the doctor is in the house. Wow. Dr. Seth Sullivan. How you doing, Seth? I'm doing great, Taylor. I don't think Thanks I'm, for having me, man. Yeah, I don't think I've ever called you a doctor before. I don't think you ever have. Yeah. It's it's a lack of respect <laughs> on, my, on my part. I've been thinking that. <laughs> I've never said it until now. <laughs> yeah, so uh it, your last name's Sullivan, so if anybody who's listened to the show uh, previously will we'll notice that there was another Sullivan on the show. Any idea who that is? Much better looking. He was. And I'm just kidding. She was. Oh, she my was. goodness. So I was way off. Who was this other Sullivan on the show here? So uh, my wife. Oh, you're asking me. I thought, okay, yeah. Oh. Allison, my beautiful wife, uh, was on uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe, and um, and shared her story and and uh, beautifully, as always, and some of her experiences and writing a book and her spiritual journey in doing so, uh, which I got to be a, a up-close witness to and was very inspired by her diligence in doing so and her obedience uh, to the Spirit in writing that book. And uh, all that he has in store for her since has been an amazing journey. Uh, lots of really cool things that she's done and and continuing to do, and I'm very proud of her, and that was that was a great segment. Yeah, she told the story about how you guys met, and it uh, it wasn't like at your local pub here in Bryan College Station, was it? It was not at the pub <laughs> here. No, it, no. it was uh, across the pond. A little it was bit. it was across Iwakuni, Japan. It's my favorite city in Japan. It, it's a great city in Japan, and I'm just uh, happy that I can still pronounce it. <laughs> so I don't know if I can spell it, but uh, Iwakuni. Uh, yeah, we met there. I was uh, stationed there, uh, and she was uh, there as well, uh, teaching for the Department of Defense. She was a special education uh, major here at, at A&M, and then 
uh, was over there teaching, and uh, I came over about six or seven months after she was there. Uh, love at first sight, certainly uh, when I saw her anyway. I don't know what she felt. <laughs> it took her you know. a few months to I come I think around. it took her a while to come around, <laughs> but I was there uh, right away. Um, but uh, competition was fierce, man. This was like a Marine Corps uh, air station, so it's like uh, Top Gun and I'm not a pilot kind of situation, you know? <laughs> But you but, won uh, somehow. Yeah, somehow, by the grace of God only. <laughs> this uh, is, y- you are proof of miracles. <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is. No other proof needed uh, than to look at her and I and uh, in that situation. So, yeah, that was uh, 11 years ago this coming month. Well, we got married, so actually 12 years ago or 13 we met, I guess. And uh, 12, it was 2004. And uh, what a journey it has been. And uh, I was 14. Oh my goodness, hey, old man! So uh, you said wow. you, were, you were you were stationed over there. So what were you? You just all your guests, man. Yeah, I mean to all of no, I mean <laughs> to any of them except you. So <laughs> so uh, you were stationed over there. Yes. So what were yeah. you doing in the military? Uh, so I was a flight surgeon. So um, I was. Uh, it, it sounds really awesome, right? This uh, 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 pilot who does surgery in the air. You're like I, flying I, I, with one hand, yeah, and like right. Cutting some dude open scalpel in the other. <laughs> No, I was a uh, I was a flight surgeon, but that's basically a primary care doc for uh, pilots, pilots and air crew, and uh, so great experience in the Navy. Um, absolutely, feel like I got more out of serving my country than it got out of having me serve it, but uh, <laughs> including my wife, um, and so I, I just had a great time, and it was over there. Just what a great time it was! It's a, literally a charmed existence. Those uh, two years, we were married over there. We got to travel around Asia. Uh, China and Southeast Asia and all over Japan. Wonderful experience. And, and uh, so those those were the good old days. And then we, we came back over here to work. We didn't have kids then either. And so... The good old days. The good, <laughs> the good, old, the days. good old days. We, we call our... Sing- <laughs> we, Allison and I call it our single, our single years. So, um, so lots of fun there. So yeah, it came back over here and finished up my training in internal medicine and infectious disease up at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And uh, so Allison uh, and I lived up there for four years before coming down here in 2011, uh, where we've been since. Yeah, well, thank you for your service. We, you know, we just celebrated Veterans Day, so thanks for that. Well, so, you're very welcome, Taylor. Yeah, I know you did it just so, for me. <laughs> so, so you and your 12-year-old self at the time? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a patriot Fort, you are. 14, 14. So. Four, 14. Yeah, you were over there. But there's there. a couple years before. Okay. You, you were over there so I could play video games <laughs> at my house. So, well, yeah, thank you for your service. got to protect those freedoms. And, uh, so uh, you said something, too, that we did not plan on talking about, but I have to ask. Like, as a kid, I would see Mayo Clinics. I'm like, why are there clinics for mayonnaise? So what the heck is a Mayo Clinic? It's a wonderful question. <laughs> and uh, it's a it's a frequently asked question. Uh, so Mayo is actually the Mayo Brothers. Their last names were Mayo. Uh, I, I do not but should know if there was a link with mayonnaise and how that came about. I don't think there's any link Their at all. Their cousins were named Mustard. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the, these uh, these gentlemen were uh, actually very uh, involved with a, a convent up there in Rochester, Minnesota. Fascinating story, uh, maybe for another segment, but uh, how the Mayo Clinic came to be. Uh, but a very strong Catholic uh, uh, foundation, uh, especially early on in its uh, development. And um, and but the Mayo brothers, uh, very revolutionary at the time. They did some very cool things. It was back in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, and. Built a clinic literally in the middle of cornfields. Rochester, Minnesota has turned into just an extraordinary place and, and, and a destination medical center. People from all over the world uh, come there for opinions. And it was a wonderful place to train. I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And uh, a nice city, a very nice city, Rochester, about the size of College Station and a big presence there with Mayo Clinic. And, and interestingly, that city uh, reminded Allison of College Station. And that was part of the reason why we had... Uh, why, why she had thought, hey, this this might be a good place for us to to raise our kids and Catholics and corn. That's all you Catholics, need, right? corn, and Aggies, man. <laughs> and she's an Aggie, as we talked about. And you just can't keep an Aggie from Aggie land for very long. I've learned. Well, you you heard it now. here first on Forte Catholic. Mayo clinics are not for mayonnaise. That's that's uh, that's the news of the day. So I'm Taylor Stroll here with Dr. Seth Sullivan. We're talking about him being a doctor. Um, we're talking about healing today. So my first question for you, you mentioned that you were a doctor in the Navy. So at, at, at what age did you want to become a doctor? You know, it was about the time I realized that I was not going to be an NFL quarterback. And it, I'm trying to think when that was. It was way later than everyone else realized. <laughs> I do know that. 
but uh, it was probably, you know, junior high, uh, high early high school, uh, kind of, you know, I had some really strong mentors. Uh, I, I think back to uh, my family doc growing up, I think to uh, uh, a, a medical mission that I was uh, very blessed to be a part of in early high school. Uh, just cool that that was going on in that town, a general surgeon uh, who uh, took me under his wing uh, on that uh, trip to Haiti. And that probably would have been early high school for me. At that point, it was cemented, uh, definitely. And then, of course, ER was big then. You know, I mean, that show was great. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you, dude? You were, you, uh, were, you were 14 playing video games. Yeah. Uh, ER. My dad was watching ER while I was <laughs> yeah. playing video games. <laughs> it was a great show. George Cloney, uh, before George Cloney I've was heard famous. Of him. Yeah. Uh, and ER. And so, uh, of course, the, the pop culture influence. And, uh, but just, just it, it was the right fit, certainly where the spirit was leading me. And I'm very uh, grateful for that because it's just been a very rich experience. So that's that's the win. So why? Why did you want to become a doctor of all things uh, besides NFL quarterback, which is obviously not reason yeah. number one? But yeah, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I was. I, I've always liked science, and uh, I always liked. Uh, I, had a, I had a great, and I should mention my biology teacher was a great uh, mentor for me. And all the teachers out there uh, who who feel underappreciated at times, uh, just the profound uh, impact that he had, uh, uh, Mister Weld, uh, on me, and and you know, really just taught me the the beauty of science. And uh, how, uh, how how we can help uh, help our our fellow uh, men and women and, and, and brothers and sisters with that. And so uh, it was really just it was mentorship and uh, really seeing how cool medicine is and and, and how we can uh, uh, serve through through medicine. And so uh, that that's the big why for me really was science and um, and and the opportunity to do this mission work and to see. Uh, healing happen and and to see vulnerability with uh, with patients and uh, to to be there in a time of need and um, I think recognizing that uh, the as a, as a young as a young person trying to figure out where where I fit in in this world and and what it is I want to do uh, seeing those who did it well uh, as mentors was uh, was a profound uh, impact on me. Yeah, that's great. So. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is a lot of times people are you know driving in their cars and they just go on about their daily life and they think the only way that people can serve God is to be a priest or to be a nun or to be a sister or to like be in ministry work for the church but you know God calls us to holiness God calls all people to holiness everywhere and it's really interesting because like Jesus's ministry was a lot about healing like he walked around mm-hmm. and literally literally healed people spiritually and physically right so um you are a doctor you don't work for the church but how do you see god working in your profession yeah that's that's a great question i, I feel like this could be about nine segments uh taylor but i mean it you know every day uh we see uh what he does and i say we because uh my colleagues see this as well and it's great uh for us we all get together and, and talk about this and reflect on our experiences. Uh, but, um, you know, from the whole spectrum, right, of patients, right? There's the patients who are well, but think that they are, are ill, right? We call them the worried well, right? You know, uh, to the patients who are so ill that it's amazing that they're with us and the, the full spectrum of physical ailment. But all of us have the spiritual need. All of us have a soul in search of resting in Christ. And so uh, we see this you know, through, through patients who, and, and their different walks, where are they at at that time, um, has just been, uh, an amazing experience. I think of, of just countless patients and, and, and encounters, very rich encounters, uh, where I've been amazed, amazed at, at where they are and see God, see the face of God literally in, in my patients. And, um, uh, very grateful for that. I also see patients who are in such need, uh, such, such spiritual need, that their their spiritual ailments, uh, uh, if you will, lend over to physical ailments, if that makes sense. And uh, one of the things that uh, patients understand this concept, I think, better than some physicians do, that that we are mind, body, and spirit. You know that that if we are not well in all three areas, then then we're gonna be we're gonna be off. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me uh, as 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 I walk with Christ. And as he leads me to, to deeper truths, to see how spiritual ailments uh, manifest as physical ones. Uh, how many times I'll see a patient who has so many complaints, uh, a whole list of uh, this is off, 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 
uh, when uh, the, the answer is, is not going to be at my pen. It's not going to be at a prescription I give them. There's not a pill. That's, there's not a surgery, right? There's not a, a therapy, a procedure that, uh, that they need. Uh, they need something much greater than I offer. And, uh, of course, that's Christ. And um, it, it's amazing to me how the Spirit leads these conversations often or how often they'll be the last patient of the day or the last patient of the morning. And, and there'll be just that extra 15 minutes to uh, perhaps explore that possibility with a patient. Uh, and, and those encounters are so rich and so deep and, and so humbling uh, to know that uh, Christ counts me worthy to work through me, you know, to, to allow me to get out of his way to do what really needs to be done. Like, why did that patient come? And uh, um, it, it's, it's been very uh, uh, faith-building for me as well to, to see patients' eyes open to that possibility. And, um, and I'm just grateful for that, for that opportunity that, that he affords me literally every day. Yeah, I, I've cut like, about a year and a half ago, I got real sick and like, you know, physically sick. And I think it was probably brought along by stress, which is mental. So I was mentally rough. And then I got physically sick, which made me more mentally rough. Right. And then spiritually, you know, things just right. kind of go back and back. And like, God made us as one person, you know, yes, we're not, did. we're not segmented. So it's really interesting to hear you say that a doctor say that. Um, so one of the things that I think people um, struggle struggle with is like both with with uh, physical ailments and with spiritual ailments is like one of the questions that we that we were talking about today is Jesus always asked before he heals somebody what do you want mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what do you want me to do and uh, the answer that we need to give is I, I want to be healed and like a lot of times that takes time like you know if somebody tells you that they want to be good like you can't just snap your fingers you're not a magician there takes there's there's a process in that so do you see a difference between when people want to get well and when people maybe don't like want to put in the work to get well there is no doubt about it there there is no doubt about it there there are um a sixth sense if you will uh for physicians who kind of know hey uh this patient is going to get better you know or or this patient is um uh, you know, got that, uh, it's very hard to put into words, you know, really what that is. Uh, but, uh, perhaps it's a, it's a searching and God's will always be done, uh, you know, with, with, with the patient, you know, I mean, whatever that will be, uh, is, is the prayer, but, um, but you certainly see those who are seeking, uh, healing and, uh, are open to what that means. And I think that's another thing, you know, that, that we can be blind to what it is that we need. And uh, to to see that and to sense that in our patients is such hope that uh, that they'll get better. Of course, you know, disease is complex, right? Physical disease. There's so many different uh, physical ailments, right? From from cancers to to anxiety, right? I mean, all of these are, you know, and, and can manifest with physical uh, ailments, right? We we talk about you know spirituality. Like you had mentioned your stress and. And how that can impact our sleep, of course, and how important sleep is in, in, in regulating our immune system. And, uh, you know, we see, uh, we just, we can see the cycle uh, occur, as you mentioned. But when, when that cycle's happening to us, it can be very difficult to get out of it, especially on our own. And uh, I believe that's where, where, where Christ can use his, his hands and feet and, and his body to, to reach out uh, to those who need him and to, to open up eyes and, uh, uh, but certainly, yes, you know, to answer your question, I, I think that there is a, a link to those who are, are really seeking healing and, and truly want to escape their ailments, whether they be uh, spiritual, emotional, and uh, and get better. Yeah, so one of the things that, that um, is a part of all of our lives is death. And I know that you work with very, very sick people, and I'm, so I'm, I'm assuming that you know, some of your patients go that route. Um, like how... Do you see people deal with, you know, they ask for healing or they want healing and then they, they don't, they don't get it. Um, what does that look like? How do you deal with that as a doctor? You know, there's, there's something else that, that's interesting that kind of reminded me as you're asking the question, you know, there's, they're talking about the six and there's something else that patients have a, a very, I've learned keen sense of knowing when their end is near. And, uh, and that's interesting. That's always been fascinating to me. How does, but, but those who do, uh, who have a a faith and 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 look to Christ? I've really seen a correlation there with those who are at peace, 
and uh, those who are just grasping. And uh, so I can say that, you know, for me personally, you know, I guess the question was asked, how do I deal with it? You know, I, I learn from it. Obviously, there is nothing that I can do, uh, but, but pray with the patient, for the patient, uh, with the patient's family. Uh, but I have certainly seen a correlation with those who um, accept and uh, peacefully uh, accept their end with a hope of, uh, of a resurrection. And uh, that is powerful. And uh, you don't need a scientific study or a big data set to, uh, to, to, to show that impact, yeah. Christ's impact at the end. Yeah. Ultimately, there's, there's no more pain. There's no more suffering in heaven. And that's all our ultimate goal as Christians. So thank you for coming Amen, on the brother. show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. This is Forte Catholic. We will be right back with our last segment. We're back, Forte Catholic, recording a day early on Monday night. You're listening on a Tuesday or you are listening on the podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Dr. Seth Sullivan, for joining us for that interview in the last segment. Um, we're going to finish up the day today. I've got a song I want to share with you. Um, i got a couple more scripture verses about Jesus's healings that I want to share with you. And i got a story. Um from my life, that was uh, how God showed himself in healing, not with uh, something that was physical, but with something that was uh, more mental and emotional. So that's what we got on the docket for this last little segment. So let's jump right into it. We've been talking today about um, the connection of the body, the mind, and the spirit. All of us are in need of healing. So um, when we go back to the beginning of time, so in the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness. They were in perfect union with God. There was no, there was nothing wrong. Sickness entered the world after orig- the first original sin, the first original, not the second original sin, the first original sin. So the Adam and Eve sinned, they got um, thrown out of the garden. And for the first time, um, death entered, which means that sickness entered the world. And what's interesting about that is that we know that that is why sin and death entered the world. But at the time of Jesus, they thought it was like personal sin. Like if you were sick, you sinned and you messed up. So that's why you have, you know, you're paralyzed or you have leprosy or whatever. Or if it wasn't you, it was like your parents or something, which, you know, we'll see here in a few minutes that Jesus negates. But um, we know that literally all of us, because we're all human beings that suffer from original sin, we're all in need of healing. We all need a savior. We need healing either in our bodies. I mean, I'm just turned 27 about a month ago and I feel like I'm 80. Like I need some healing in my body. Um, healing in our mind, like our, our thoughts and some of the things that, that um, negative things that we think or some of the um, ways of thinking that we have because of our past. And uh, of course, in our spirit, like spiritually, we know that we need healing. We need saving from our sin. We need saving from the effects of our sin. I was uh, listening to this priest the other day uh, talking about um, this connection between body, mind, and spirit. And because a lot of times, like if we're um, like, I know for me, if I'm like physically sick or if I'm hurt, like my 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 ment- my mental uh, strength goes down, my my the strength of will goes down, and often like my my uh, my thoughts go awry and my spiritual life starts to suffer because I'm not physically well. And he addressed this um, whenever we face temptation, he tells us to halt. And that's an acronym, H. He says, uh, answer these questions. Am I H, hungry? Am I A, angry? Am I L, lonely? Or am I T, tired? And I love this so much because it shows the connection between our spiritual life and our physical and our emotional life. So if you're hungry, that's a physical thing, right? If you're angry, that's more emotional, lonely, or tired. That, that's, that's emotional. That's physical. Like, these things can, can lead us to fall in our spiritual life, to fall into temptation. So what his whole ordeal was, was, okay, if you're, if you're hungry, go fix that. <laughs> Instead of falling into temptation, go eat something. If you're angry, go make up with that person or pray about it or just give it some time. 
recognize that you're angry so that you don't fall into that temptation. Are you lonely? I know a lot of people, like, they get lonely and they feel, you know, they, they, they fall into certain sins because they are uh, feeling like they're, uh, they're unwanted or they're unloved. And then are you tired? Man, like, if you're tired, if you're physically tired, you're not all right mentally. You're not all right spiritually. You're not all right physically. Go to sleep. If you're tired right now, I absolutely give you permission to push stop and go to sleep. <laughs> We need to be um, sleeping. That's, that's your, uh, your um, advice from your good friend Taylor over here uh, for the day. So um, I want to move into a story about how, how we're like, I, I told you earlier how it was uh, a time in my life where I was hurting physically. I blew up my hamstring and uh, running track. But I, I, I want to uh, talk about a time where I was hurting and I saw people hurting. And it wasn't physical, but it was, more, it was a lot more uh, mental and emotional. So... My sister is a lover of horses. She um, is actually studying like equine, equestrian things. Like I don't, I'm not even smart enough to say the word. Um, so she she loves horses. She finally got her first horse, and I um, was in college at the time, and I was home um, for the weekend where she had the horse, and the horse was actually very very sick. And uh, as the weekend went on. We it, it became kind of obvious that the horse was going to die. And like my sister absolutely loved this horse. And of course, I absolutely love my sister. So, you know, we're out at the barn and, and like hanging, hanging around. And I know that I, I want to be there for my sister whenever this, you know, horse uh, passes away. And so Saturday happens. The horse is still um, alive. And like I have to leave. Sunday Sunday afternoon because I have a commitment um, at my university Sunday night and nothing happens nothing happens nothing happens and then finally I get on the road and I leave and I'm driving away I get about an hour down the road and like uh, my mom calls me crying and, and you know she tells me what you is pretty obvious to you I think what happened that the horse died and like my my mom's distraught my 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 sister's distraught and like I I I'm not an emotional person. Like I don't cry. I think I've cried like five times in my adult life. And that was one of them. I just broke down crying because of the, the hurt that I knew my sister was feeling. You know, she finally got this horse that she had wanted her whole life. She had built this bond with it over the year and, and you know, it died in her arms. And I was so proud of her for that, for, for, for um, being there for that horse and not like running away from that situation from being there. But I knew that she was hurting. I knew my mom was hurting. My family was hurting um, and I, I, I couldn't be there. And that was, you know, that was hurting me. So it was this whole situation. It was just so emotionally charged. And like my mom called and I was like, I don't know what to say. You know, in, in, in those times, a lot of times when people are struggling, you don't, you don't, you don't know the words. Like I work in ministry. You'd think I'd have the words. And I, I was just, I, I was just sad, so sad. And I, you know, I pulled over, I started crying and, and, uh, I was, you know, I hang up with my mom and, and I, I uh, had my phone like connected to my to my car. I was listening to music and just had my phone completely on shuffle. And uh, then this song came on. It's a song called "Healer" by Carrie Job, and uh, I was just listening to it. And I knew that it was just this great message from God. And I had to pull over again because I just started bawling. So here's the song that I wanted to share with you guys today.
That is Healer by Carrie Job, and that's the song that I heard as I was driving in the car. And I tell you what, man, like that's I listened to it over and over again the whole rest of my drive from from Houston to San Antonio, like two hours long, and I just listened to it um, almost that entire way back, just praying with it and thanking God that that He is our healer. And there's a couple of things that just stuck out to me. It's like you calm my raging sea and you walk with me through fire. Like that's a situation for my sister, for my mom, for me, for my family. Like there was a raging sea, there was a fire going on. And like, we had to walk through that situation and God was, was um, using this song to calm that situation. And like, I had nothing left, left to say other than like that line right before the chorus. I trust in you. I trust in you and trust in you. Like in those times that we don't understand why we're struggling, why we're hurting, whether physically, mentally, or spiritually, like our, our cry is still, I trust in you. And like, that's the entire story of Job, you know, like Job is just struggling and hurting, like physically he's losing family members. He's losing cattle. He's losing money. Like all these things are happening. And he still says, no, I put my trust in the Lord. I put my hope and my faith in the Lord. And we, um, the interesting thing about this is like when we're in these situations where we're hurting, we have to like continually say over and over again the 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 words of that chorus. I believe you're my healer. I believe you're all I need. You're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. Because a lot of times we if we we get into those situations where things aren't going well, we can turn to despair. But if we put our trust and our hope in the Lord, like in his proven track record of healing people physically, mentally, spiritually, his proven track record of always loving us and always having a plan, then that then that that bridge will be always true. Like nothing is impossible for you. Nothing's impossible for God. So when you're in those times where you think that your your physical healing, your 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 spiritually like too far gone, like God, like nothing is impossible for Him. With Him, like nothing is impossible. It's when we try to do things on our own that these things, uh, you know, can be impossible. But we need to invite him in and tell him what we want. God, I want you to heal me from that wound that I have from years and years and years ago. So uh, I, I want to, to finish the show off with, um, with a, another uh, one final story. And it's a healing from Mark chapter 8. It says, When they arrived in Bethsaida, they brought to Jesus a blind man and begged him to touch him. So they, they came in having this understanding and this belief that if Jesus touched this man, that he was going to be healed. They're already showing their faith. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand, led him outside the, vi- the village. So he put spittle on his eyes. He laid his hands on him and asked, do you see anything? So looking up, the blind man replied, I see people looking like trees and walking. So like Jesus had healed him. But he wasn't completely healed. He like he he wasn't he he went from blind, not being able to fully see, but he could see figures. He could see you know people that, that there were figures walking around, but he couldn't really see. So then Jesus laid hands on his eyes a second time, and he saw clearly. His sight was restored, and he could see everything distinctly. So there, I, I was as I was prepared for the show, I realized that there are a lot more healing stories in the Gospels than I ever realized. And in almost all, like God proves over and over again, Jesus proves over and over again that he can say the word and people are healed. There's a crippled man, get up, your faith has saved you. Oh, and also your sins are forgiven because I'm God and I can do that. There's another guy like, what do you want? I want to, I want to see. Okay, you can see your faith has saved you. So why all of a sudden in this one story, like did Jesus lose his mojo that day? Like, no, like everything that Jesus does is for a purpose. Jesus was showing like how, how much faith is important in this process of healing. And a lot, what a lot of these uh, biblical scholars say is that this was kind of an allegory for the disciples' faith. The disciples were still in this moment where they didn't have, they didn't completely know who Jesus was. They didn't have complete faith in them. They'd do something great and then they'd kind of fall back. And God was saying like, look, this man wants to be healed. And I want to heal him. I can heal him. But like the, my people need to be involved in this process. So just like you and me, you know, like we, we want to see everything spiritually with this perfect vision. A lot of times I think I see things spiritually like, like these shades. I want to see more. Like continue to like grow in your faith. And I want to give you a couple of things. That, that song I gave you, Healer by Carrie Job, is great. There, there are these great books that I've been reading recently that have really helped me in my healing process. Unbound by Neil Lozano, My Peace I Give You by Don Eden, 
and be healed by Bob Shoots. If you really want to dive into this healing topic much more than we could in this one hour on the show, I really encourage you to check out those books. I'll put them in the show notes. Um, thank you guys for, for tuning in, for your continued support. Um, we will be back next week live on the air for another show. See you. <laughs>